God of Abraham. You're the God of covenants and faithful promises. Time and time again, you are proving you do just what you say. Those who brought the flag of Ghana is prophetic. <laughs> hey! Hey! We release this nation to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Sit down for a moment. What great day it is to preach this message. Very short message, but very powerful. Yes. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53.
Now look at this. Very powerful thing I want to quickly share with you. Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we should give a more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we should let them slip. Sometimes you don't need a new revelation. Sometimes you need to be reminded of what you already know. Isaiah 53. Something very striking I see here. He says, who had believed our reports? You know, one time I said in a meeting, I said, if you're a cell leader and you have never preached from or you are a Christian, you've never preached from Isaiah 53. You have not yet preached the gospel. Now, because it's very striking. He said, who had believed our reports? The striking thing here I find here is, I'll take them one by one, you'd, you'd, you'd see what I'm talking about. You see, our reports. Every story has different reports. That is why God, first of all, took his stance and says that his is the truth. Because there are different sides to, sides to every story. I'll take, for example, when you see a story on mainstream media, there are alternative media that tell the story differently. Like, for example, during the whole Black Lives Matter thing, the whites were accusing the blacks of filming just a part of the riots. If the blacks are destroying and looting, they don't cover the story to that extent. But if probably a white guy is fighting back, they cover that story and say he's brutalizing. Now, the black were also complaining that the whites are filming the story to favor themselves. So in every story, there is the report of different people. Someone shared something and said, about four people were asked, what does an elephant, four blind men were asked, what does an elephant look like? Now, the one standing in front of the elephant was holding the trunk of an elephant. One was holding the, the tail. One was holding the leg of the, the elephant, and one was sitting on top. So when they asked all of them, describe what an elephant is. The one with the trunk says, an elephant is like a smooth, uh, bendable, distant. Then the one at the tail says, oh, an elephant is a, is a rope-like thing. The one holding the leg says, oh, an elephant is like a tree that moves. One sitting on the top says, an elephant is something that takes me up and I can feel it. Now, the question is, who is right? They are all right. We sit here, and if we see a house, probably at Trasaco, maybe a, a great, a big mansion, and we see the house, and we look at it, we say, "What is, you know, what was this house like? Like this, is a really big house." The one sitting in an airplane will tell you, "It was a tiny thing I saw." So all of them have their reports. So he says, "Who had believed our reports?" That means to every story, God has his report. 
The Bible, you see there, is a documentation of God's perspective on every issue. It is God's report. And God says that his report is the truth. So when you're looking for the truth of the matter, you go to the word of God. And the word of God will now give you the true report. Now, in this Isaiah chapter 53, the, the writer, by the inspiration of the Spirit, was speaking prophetically about the coming of Jesus. So he says, who have believed our report? When you check Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they co cover the historical um, references of Jesus when he was on earth. There are other historians that wrote about Jesus. Tacitus, one historian, said that Jesus was a troublesome guy who took people after him and caused commotion in Jerusalem. That is his report. Josephus Flavius said that he was someone who tried to start a new kind of religion and push people after him. So these are the reports of all these people about the same Jesus. But God also now gave his report. So everything we read in the Bible is God's inspired report about Jesus. So he says, who have believed our reports? So what report is he going to talk about? He's going to talk about the report of who Jesus truly was in the eye of God. Who Jesus truly is according to God. Who Jesus is not according to what we think. Not according to what somebody has written. According to what God thinks, God inspired men to write and document his reports. So Isaiah starts this chapter by saying, who have believed our reports. Then he goes to the next verse and says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now what's the arm of the Lord? Anytime the Bible talks about the hand of the Lord, the arm of the Lord, he talks about salvation. Remember the scripture, he says that is the hand of the Lord too short that it cannot save? So anytime he talks about the arm of the Lord, he's talking about salvation. So who is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, he's still talking about Jesus, but he used a certain very striking word over there, revealed. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus cannot be known in the senses. Today, I will openly attack. There's a certain thing they've been doing outside. I've seen it that someone saying common sense family. They are right. Because you cannot know God by common sense. He says, listen, he says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I'm, I'm saying it because there are some people, some Christians, who are not so vexed in the word of God. When they hear some of those people, they begin to think maybe they are right. They are not right. The day Jesus Christ asked, who do you say I am? When Peter said, you are Christ, the son of the living God, what Jesus said, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you because you can never know Jesus with your mind. It has to be revealed. So he says, who had believed our report? First of all, it is God's report. Then he says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The salvation of God cannot be known by the senses. The salvation of God can only be revealed. So we are going to talk briefly about who Jesus truly is. Because this is the generation that will stand up for Jesus. Let me tell you, in most generations, in most places, we will say that, oh, the youth are lost. It's a big lie. At least you came here today, you saw it. I heard by eight, people were already here. By six, people were already here. 
<laughs> I tell you, the devil is not winning. We, we sometimes need to publish our report because sometimes when, when the people of the world publish their report, it looks as though the devil is winning, but the devil is not winning. Churches work, went on lockdown. Now we are back from lockdown. I, I, spoke, I, I spoke to an atheist. He was like, during the lockdown, he was like, ah, the way this thing, ah, the virus has come. When we go, when you go back to church, nobody will come to church. Like I said, you are lying. Do you know what is called the church of Jesus Christ? The church of Jesus Christ has, has, has survived Emperor Nero. Stronger than apartheid. The church of Jesus Christ has survived different things. Lockdown is nothing. It was only five, five months we went on lockdown. And during that lockdown, we prayed more than ever before. Because that is the church of Jesus Christ. Look around the world. All the nations who are refusing to open churches. The churches are finding ways of meeting. Because you see, it's not strong head. It is something inside. It's something inside. You cannot push us down for long. In the beginning, we can agree with you. And say, okay, we, we are going to lock down. But after a while, the spirit inside us. When Christianity was, was banished in China, when it was cut off in China, the Chinese found ways to meet. Till today, they are still meeting underground. What is it, what is it that cannot, cannot keep them asleep? Why, why don't they say one day, we will not do again, we are going back? No. They, Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. There are some of you here, you tried backsliding. But you were lying down one day and one gospel song started playing and the tears were rolling down from your eyes and you could not backslide. I remember after I got born again one day, I, I know I found myself in the wrong place. After I got born again, you know, my mind was still being renewed. I found myself in the wrong place. Ladies and gentlemen, there I knew that being born again was a real thing. Because before I got born again, I was comfortable in those places. But after I got born again, when I go there, it's like I'm dirty. Something had happened to me. When I was coming back home, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not going there again. <laughs> you are full of the Holy Ghost. And you see, I'm telling you today, we will see more and more young people come to Christ. The devil is not winning. The gospel is winning. Jesus is winning. During the lockdown, during pneumatic we could have thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of young people gathered online. They were not sleeping. They were not sleeping. What is it? Some people do not understand. That is why some people think pastors are all about money because they don't understand what is the catch. Like, why are you doing? They don't understand what the catch is. It's called the passion of the Holy Ghost. It's fire. It's called fire. Now, when fire touches you, 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 it doesn't give you time to think. Am I talking to somebody here? Hey! When fire touches you, when you touch fire, before you realize, hey! When the fire of the Holy Ghost is burning inside you. Jeremiah said, he said, I, I tried to keep quiet, but the, mm, it was not... Mm. I remember one time I was in a VIP bus. I wanted to preach. I, I, before I didn't want to preach, the Holy Ghost said, Preach in the bus. I said, Holy Ghost, this is VIP bus. I'm going on. 
We got to one station. I could not. After a while, the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. As I speak in tongues, you know what? One beautiful thing about speaking in tongues, it gives the Holy Ghost more power over you. You didn't hear it. Sometimes you don't feel like doing something, then you start speaking in tongues. All of a sudden, it's like something has cleared for your eyes. Why does it give the Holy Ghost more power over you? Because when you speak in tongues, you activate your spirit. And he's a spirit, so he becomes spirit to spirit. All of a sudden, your senses are suspended. All of a sudden, your senses are suspended. And you begin to think divine thoughts. And I stood up in the bus. I know the look face. Have you seen a drunk man before? When a man is drunk, he loses all respect. You can see somebody he used to respect for uh, you. You are not my mate. Hey, come over here. That's a drunk man. No wonder the Bible says, do not be drunk with one wearing excess, but be filled with the spirit. That means he compares being drunk with being filled. So at any time you are filled with the spirit, you are like a drunk man. All the things you used to fear, you don't fear them again. How many of you, after prayer, you just feel like, hey, hey, where's the devil? Sometimes you are going to your prayer closet and you are like, Father, Father, First one minute After four minutes in me, Kabo Deba Rababa Rababa. Then after twenty minutes, hey, hey. you now be asking, where's the devil now? Where's the devil now? So it says, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. Jesus cannot be known by the senses. Jesus must be revealed. When you still think that Jesus is a man, something is wrong somewhere. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. Look at this. Amazing. He said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Now, I'll be, I'll be touching a few things. I don't, I, I, I don't think they are deep like that. So you will catch it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, in verse 1, he says, in the beginning was the word. The word, word over there, the Greek word is logos. That's where we get the word logic. So it says, in the beginning was the logic. And the logic was with God. And the logic was God. Now he's talking about Jesus. Because by, four, by verse 14 he says that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, he says, the logic, the logos, the logic. That means Jesus is the logic of God. Now listen, Jesus is God's logic. Jesus is God's reasoning. There's nothing God can reason outside Jesus.
Some people think it's a wise question to ask. If Jesus is the only way, what about the people who have not heard about Jesus? What will they do? You know, it's because, let me tell you. Let me advise you as a wise man. Before you ask that question, accept Jesus first. Since God said he's the only way, just accept first. Then later you can ask the question. But for you to sit down and now begin to question, and you are questioning who God. <laughs> Listen, leave the one who has not heard. God knows what to do with him. But you, that you have heard, be ready. Don't ask foolish questions. The Bible says avoid foolish questions. It's a foolish question. If Jesus is the only way, one ask the other people, what will they do? At least, if they have not heard, let's, let's leave that one between God. In Romans chapter 1, God said they have heard, but you, you are saying they have not heard. God said they have heard. God said the testimony of God is in nature. God said they have heard. You, you say they have not heard. So, while you are asking that foolish question, first of all, since you have heard, accept Jesus. So you find yourself on the right side with God. Then later you can ask God. When you now ask God, God will tell you that is why you are saved. That is why you should pray for the nations so that they will come to Jesus. But to stand on the fence and begin to question God, meanwhile you are a mere mortal man whose breath is in your nostrils. Sometimes people ask questions about God as though last Sunday I was telling them something. They were saying, if God is good, why does he allow somebody who's going to shoot somebody? Why didn't he stop the bullets? <laughs> if God is good, why did somebody let somebody kill somebody? Something, something. Then I said, first of all, you are, you, you, the, the question is not if God is good. You are not saying that God is good. Rather in your mind, you think good is God. Is, is it, your question, is it God is good or good is, is God, is good God? Because, let me, let me explain what I'm saying. It means you have rather labeled what is good and you want God to be the good that you have said that is good. If there is anything good, let me tell you, if there is anything good, God should be able to tell us what is good. So that we now follow, because when we tested men and men's appreciation of what is good, full of mistakes. Let me give you an example. Do you know that they started um, putting it in court right now They've started putting it in court right now that um, they are arguing the case. Just like they started with the LGBT. They've started the case right now that there are certain people who are attracted to young girls. 10 years, 11 years. So now they are saying that if lesbians and gays say that's how they are, they too, that's how they are. No, I mean, you know what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 1? The, the Bible says that professing themselves to be wise, they became foolish. That's the world we are. The, the, the men are going there. You see, it starts like that. Now, they are coming to, pedophiles are now saying they also have rights and they also are attracted. Very soon, 
Someone will say that when I was born, I was born with killing instincts. You understand? And I was born with stealing instincts. We are going there. Professing themselves to be wise, they became foolish. He said they had the understanding darkened. Today is not the day for them. Yes, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Hmm. So, we stick with what God says is good. So, we now begin to observe anything God does is good. So, we start with Jesus, the man Jesus. First of all, we are talking about his beginning. He said, in the beginning was the logic. God's logic. Jesus was God's logic. Now, hold on. When you check the synoptic gospels, there are four gospels. We look at Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. Now, when you check where they started their story of Jesus, you begin to understand the beginning of Jesus from that light, where they, where they started their story of Jesus. Matthew started his story of Jesus from David. Mark started his story of Jesus as the descendant of Adam. Luke started with a priestly story. He started talking about John the Baptist. And I told you before in service, I, um, I shared it in church one day. I said, to every scripture, the keys are the door. That is a, actually a Hebraic thing. When you want to know what a scripture means, you have to check at the beginning of the scripture. You will find the key to the scripture. So the genealogy of Jesus Christ, starting from Matthew, he talked about Jesus as a king. That is earthly. Because he talked about our son of David. Now, he goes to Mark. Mark starts as Jesus is coming from Adam. That means he's talking about a man. Luke starts with the story of John the Baptist. Um, linking Jesus Christ to Zechariah and John the Baptist. That is also a human story. Now, many years later, John now also wrote his book to clarify the parts that Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So when we talk about synoptic gospels, sin is... Um, I, S-Y-N, that means in sync. Optic, sin is actually sync, in sync. Then optic is with the eye. So they, uh, all those scriptures are seen with the eye as the same. So those three books are what they call the Synoptic Gospel. John is not part of the Synoptic Gospel. Now, John wrote his book to clarify what was not clarified by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So, Matthew brought Jesus Christ from the place of the flesh. Luke brought him from the place of the flesh. Mark also brought him from the place of the flesh. It was only John who started the book of Jesus Christ, linking him straight from divinity. In the beginning was the word. And, his, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Now, you look at it, it says, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So, John is talking about Jesus Christ as divine. He said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. So we look at Jesus Christ. His beginning was divine. His beginning was divine. He was the word of God. In the beginning was the word. His beginning was divine. 
That is the reason why his coming had to be prophesied. I tell people, I said, Bible says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. How do we know that Jesus and his story is real? It's because of prophetic words. It's because of prophecy that we can tell that Jesus is the son of God. Because it was prophesied by the prophets. What was the accuracy of the prophets? Because, listen, the, the, the past is history. The future is a mystery. Now, anything that's a mystery re requires the divine to unfold. That is why it had to be prophesied. His coming had to be prophesied. Whatever he would do had to be prophesied. So, if there was anything that was not in sync with the prophecy, anything that was not in sync with what the prophet said, we do not understand that it's from Jesus. Because it had to be a fulfillment of what the prophet said. So his origin was divine because it took prophetic words. Bible says no scripture, no, no prophecy of scripture is of private interpretation. What was he talking about? He was talking about what the prophet said about Jesus. What the prophet said about Jesus. His beginning was divine. Then from his beginning... He now came, we now come to his manifestation. And the word became flesh. John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. His manifestation. Jesus now put on flesh. The logic of God now became a man. The logic of God now became a man. Everything that God thought, everything that God is, for the first time, everything that God is was now put in the form of a man. He carried the essence of God. Very God of very God. Very light of very light. And very man of very man. He became the manifestation of God. The manifestation of the thoughts of God. The manifestation of everything that God thought. Everything that Jesus did, every healing he did, he was proving that this is who God actually has been all this while. So man being sick was never God's plan. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and the power. Who went about doing good. That means it was God's idea all along that men should be healed. It was God's idea all along that men should be released from the devil. Jesus Christ saw that woman. He said, oh no, this woman being a daughter of Abraham. Be loose from infirmity. For the first time, Jesus Christ of Nazareth was displaying the thoughts of God. The men were religiously following the Sabbath day. They couldn't even ask Jesus Christ, how are you healing on a Sabbath day? Jesus Christ said, oh no, this woman. That means in the mind of God, God is not interested in keeping a religion. God was not interested in keeping a religion. He was rather interested in destroying the works of the devil. Man that God lost so much was now under the tribute of the devil. The devil was just, was just rampaging on man. Like a hawk, people could die anytime. Remember when Jesus Christ went to the tomb of Lazarus, he looked at Lazarus, the Bible says, and Jesus wept. Jesus Christ wept. This has not been God's plan all the while. So there were many things in the world that were not God's plan. But the people thought it was God's plan. The barrenness was not God's plan. The sickness was not God's plan. The cancer was not God's plan. 
So Jesus was manifested as the logic of God in human flesh. Jesus is not a myth. Peter said that we have not followed cunningly devised fables. He said, but we were with him on the mountain. He said, we saw the excellent glory. So we saw it. Jesus is the logic of God. Jesus is the one through whom God wants to show the world peace. Jesus Christ says, peace do I give to you. He said, not as the world gives. That means the world can paint what is called peace. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is the presence of God. The logic of God. Who God is. Who God is. Who God is. God was in heaven. The good things that happened, the Israelites said it was God. The bad things that happened, they said it was God. They didn't have the revelation of the devil. So God was responsible for everything. They said God was responsible for everything. Now God brought Jesus. And when Jesus landed, the day he was filled with the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ walked the streets. Remember that song that we used to sing many years ago? Everywhere he went, he was doing good. The mighty healer. He healed the lepers. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, my Lord was doing good. Everywhere he went, everywhere he went, he was doing good. The mighty healer, he healed the lepers. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Jesus was doing good. Listen, how is it that the healer Jesus, the healer Jesus is on this earth, is on this earth, and men are crying about their sickness. How is that possible? Who had believed our reports? Who had believed our report? Our report needs to be believed. When it happened, they were not thinking about what can the church do. They rather locked the church down. He said, our report needs to be believed. He said, who has believed our report? Because men don't believe our report. Men have not believed our report. He said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? If God wants to help a man, they must believe it first. They must believe it first. Jesus Christ, the logic of God. Remember what he said. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden. He said, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest for your soul. Men walk in this world depressed. Men walk in this world with, with a hurt in their soul. Sin, sin is not an idea. Sin is not just an action. Remember what God told Cain when he wanted to kill Abel. He said, sin lieth at my door. That means sin is substance. Sin is something that can, you know, reside in a man. And it's not just an action. God is not concerned about the action. He's concerned about the nature of sin. The nature of sin that can blacken men's hearts and men can come together and do bad things to other men. It's sin. It's the nature of sin that is in man. The problem is not Black Lives Matter. The problem is the love of Jesus. When the love of Jesus is in a man, we will not be talking about this race is important, this race is not important. You are talking about the love of God. When Jesus fills his heart, it's not about Black Lives Matter. Some people are so affiliated to their political parties that they cannot even get God's logic. They don't even, they, they, they can't even think. They can't even think, what does God have to say? What does the kingdom of God have to say? What does God have to say? 
that Jesus now was now manifested. God wanted to prove his love. Right from in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The beginning of all beginnings. This beginning is older than the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And this beginning, this beginning, he said the same was with God. The same word was with God in the beginning. Now remember, that shows that God is a relational God. So the day God was creating man, God wanted a relationship. So man that God loved so much was now under the devil. Was now under the tribute of the devil. Was now under the hand of the devil. So God said, okay, man needs to be saved. Man needs to come to the knowledge of me. Man needs to return to Eden. So God now became a man. His logic, his ideas, everything he thought now was put into a man. It was encapsulated into a human body and his name was Jesus. Jesus was not a mere man. Jesus was not a prophet. Jesus was not a prophet. Jesus was more than a prophet. Jesus was God. Jesus was very God of very God. The very thoughts of God. Jesus is not lower than God. Jesus is not small God. Jesus is God. The world does not have a problem with saying we believe in God. They don't have a problem. They get offended when we mention Jesus. But remember, Simeon said in the temple, he said this baby is set for the rising and the falling of many. His manifestation. He was manifested among men. Bible says, for this reason was, was Jesus, was the Son of Man manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil has had a field day in your life. Today is the day to receive Jesus, to accept Jesus. Then we come to his passion. We've talked about his beginning. It was divine. His manifestation as a man. Now we talk about his passion, what Jesus went through. Isaiah talked about it. Isaiah 53, go to verse 5. Let's start from verse 4. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know what? I'll just start from verse 2 because we've read verse 1. He said, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Over there, he's talking about his manifestation. He says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He, he had no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. That means he looked like any of us. There's nothing about Jesus that should make us accept him as God because he walked with everybody. He talked to everybody. Verse 3 He said, He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4 He said, Surely. He had borne our grief. Surely he had borne our grief. The word grief there is not, is not grief like crying. The Hebrew word there is he had borne our sickness. Surely he had borne our sickness. He took it. Jesus took our sickness. He said, surely he had borne our grief and carried our sorrows. There's no point for a Christian sorrowing again because he carried the sorrow. He carried the grief. That sickness is not important. That sickness is not necessary in your life anymore. That cancer is no longer necessary. That, that, that long problem is no longer necessary. He said, surely he had borne our grief. We now talk about his passion. His passion, what he went through, what Jesus went through. Surely he had borne our grief and carried our sorrow. Yet we did a stinging, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Hold on. 
He says, smitten of God and afflicted. In verse 1, he says, unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He said, what? Believe our report. That means, even though it was the Roman soldiers beating Jesus, God is telling us the true story was that it was God who was smiting Jesus. Why was God smiting Jesus? You, we, we, we wonder, why would God be his only son? Because it says, we esteem him, smitten of God and afflicted. He was not only beaten by the Roman soldiers, he was smitten of God. Why? Because there was demands of justice. The demands of justice for the sin of man is that man is supposed to perish. So what man was supposed to go through? God cannot just wish it off because sin is substance, like I said. Because God told Cain, he says, sin lieth at the door. That means you cannot just wish it off. In the spirit, when something is substance, it counts in the physical. In the physical, something can be substance and not count in the spiritual. Wrongdoing is what we see on the outside. The real problem is sin. Sin gives birth to wrongdoing. So on the outside, the guy can do something wrong and can even be punished by the government and be in prison. But if he's forgiven of God, he no longer has a problem with God, but he can have a problem with the state. Because sin is a spiritual thing. He said we esteem him, smitten of God and afflicted. That means Jesus, at this point in time, Jesus was being smitten of God. Every slap, every slap was not just the Roman soldiers beating him, was not just people beating him. This was the judgment of God. Now at this point in time, the first time in history, judgment and mercy came together. At the same time, at different times, judgment and mercy were in dispensations. There were dispensations of God's judgment. And there were dispensations of God's mercy. At the same time, Bible says that righteousness and truth have kissed each other. This was the time. Righteousness, which is the throne of God's judgment or throne of God's justice. Because Bible says that the judgment and justice of God is the foundation of God's throne. So at this time, righteousness and truth came to kiss each other. At the point on the cross, the judgment of God and God's mercy for man was laid on Jesus. So Jesus was the representation of God's mercy to us. But he was also the representation of God's judgment for man's sin. One man could take it. Now one asked me a question. How can one man take the sin of everybody? And I said, how could one man sin for everybody? Verse 5. He said, but he was, oh God. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgression. He was wounded for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. His passion. Go to Isaiah chapter 52. Give me verse 11. Okay, start from verse 8. Thy watchmen shall lift up. No, I'm trying not to read many scriptures. I understand the time of the night. So if you read too many scriptures, somebody might... Be looking at verse 8 and be seeing 18. But I need you to catch it. 
Alright. Before we come to Isaiah 52, let's go to Psalm 20. To Psalm 22. Psalm 22. To the chief musician upon the idolist Shahar. A psalm of David. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, this is amazing. David is talking about, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Then Jesus on the cross who says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That means in Psalm 22, he's not talking, David is not actually talking about himself. He begins to prophesy. It was one of the ways that David and the, the, the psalmist used to get divine quotes because they will come together and begin to play. And certain times when they are crying unto God, they begin to say things. It is called prophetic utterance. Prophetic utterance will begin to come out of their mouth and they didn't even understand what they were saying. So he begins to talk. David says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that point in time, David didn't know that he was writing a messianic, he was prophesying a messianic story. So he says, why art thou far from helping me? Now, you'll see something amazing here. Verse 16. He said, for dogs. Now, I told you before, I said when the Bible talks about dogs, sheep is God's people. Dogs are unclean animals. That's the heathen. Remember Jesus Christ said, you don't give what is holy to dogs. And he was talking to the Samaritan woman. You don't give us holy to dogs. So he said, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Now, David's hands were not pierced. The guy is prophesying. He said, they pierced my hands and my feet. Verse 17. He said, I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. Verse 18. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Did you see that? That's, that's, this was Jesus. They cast lots. The soldiers cast lots. David is talking and says that. They cast lots upon my vesture. But it was, he was prophesying about what Jesus, the passion that Jesus will go through. This was spoken of before Jesus Christ came on the scene. Now, go back to Isaiah 52. You know, that's why I like this song so much. I can sing it every single meeting. I, I cast my mind on Calvary where Jesus bled died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet. That curse the truth. His body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still and open. Oh, praise
Ezekiel 52, look at verse 14. Now, oh my God. He says, as many were astonished at thee. He said, his visage was so marred more than any man. They couldn't look at him. You know what we see in the Jesus movies? It's not the real account. He says his visage, his, his outlook, he said it was so mad. More than any man. And his form, more than the sons of men. Verse 15. He said, so shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouth at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard shall they consider. The next verse. He says his visage was so mad. They could not look at him. His visage was so mad. Jesus was, was looking like sickness on the cross. Jesus looked like sickness on the cross. The word mad over there is actually a Hebrew word. That, look, that says sickness. Jesus looked like sickness on the cross. Anybody who looked at Jesus that day could see that he was beaten. He had gone through something. He went through. He had a passion. He had a passion. At every stroke that Jesus had, he only continued because he saw us coming. He saw that one day people would gather together and lift their hands and worship God and have a relationship with God. So Jesus, the Bible says, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. The day before his death, Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. The sin of the whole world was transferred that day. Now, how is that possible? If you are an intercessor, you understand what that means. Sometimes when you go on your knees to pray for somebody, the person's problem, and you say, it now comes to lie on you in a certain way. I cannot explain it. You just begin to feel what the person is feeling at that certain point in time as you intercede for the person. So the night before Jesus Christ went, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was just there. And, and while Jesus was there, he was just lying there and praying. The Bible says that the tears were like drops of blood. Sweat like drops of blood. It was coming down. And Jesus Christ continued. At a point in time, he said, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass over me. Because for the first time, Jesus Christ was going to be separated from God. For the first time, Jesus was going to be separated from God. All the things he was about to go through. He saw us coming. We were the reason why he, he, he continued. We were the reason why he continued. With the reason why he continued. It was because of our sin. It was because of our shame. It was because of our sorrow. Because of our pain. And more importantly, eternal damnation. Jesus Christ said, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? He said, It is better to enter the kingdom of heaven with one eye off. So Jesus Christ thought of us. He thought of us. He thought of us. Above all powers, above all kings, above all and all created things, above all wind and dresses of the earth. There's no way to measure what you have. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders, the earth has ever known. Above all wind, 
Jesus could have married. Jesus could have built a house. He could have done anything. But imagine that you were born and you, you, you lived to die. And that was his destiny. That he was going to live to die. No wonder he was not looking for a big house to stay in. He knew why he was on earth. He knew in three years he was going to be cut off. Daniel said, Messiah shall be cut off. Talked about his beginning. The very divine God. Exodus chapter 32. time to sleep if there's somebody sleeping beside you say no not the time not the time not the time Exodus 34. Exodus 34. I'll start from verse 3. Exodus 34, verse 3. He says, Now at that time, Moses is having a conversation with God, and Moses says, um, and God tells Moses, He says, Come, I'm going to have a conversation with you. He says, And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. This, we are talking about the mystery of God. The mystery of God. The very beginning of, 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 of God. This is Jesus. Very God of very God. The, the center of all things. The center of all. I said that's the logic of God. The center of everything God thinks. Verse 4. And he hewed two tables and of stone like unto the first and Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto the Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand the two tables of stones verse 5 and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him and there proclaimed the name of the Lord hold on hold on the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord God proclaimed the name of the Lord because at that time Moses says he wants to see God. Hold on. Hey, hey. Are you sleeping? Listen. Moses says he wants to see God. God says, all right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you me. Because you see, Bible says no man has seen God at any time. Man cannot see God. So what did Moses see? The only thing Moses can see, because you need to understand, in the spirit realm, past and future are one. So if God will ever show Moses anything, God has to show Moses the future of God's manifestation. 
Bible calls Jesus the express image of God's person. Oh, I, I hope, I hope, I hope some people are not asleep at this time. The, verse, verse, and proclaim the name of the Lord. Verse 6. Then he says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. Now, when we begin to check what God said, we can know who God is talking about at this time. He says, he proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundance in goodness and truth. Oh, hold on. Look at goodness and truth. Look at the book of John. The Lord came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. The Lord, the Lord God. He said he proclaimed the, the name of the Lord. Now remember, he proclaimed the name of the Lord. Oh, then he takes us to Philippians. Wherefore God has given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, he proclaimed the name of God. The Lord, the Lord God. Oh God. Now, now go to verse 5. Go to verse 5. Time will not permit me to take you to the Mount of Transfiguration. You will see the same elements that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. The cloud and the voice. The cloud, the voice, and Moses. So what God was showing Moses that day was actually what will happen when Moses appears to Jesus. So, so verse 5, he says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the voice. He proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord, the Lord God. Verse 6, he said, Oh, Jesus. He says, Merciful and gracious. This is God. Merciful and gracious. Jesus is the mercy of God in a human body. God cannot show any other mercy apart from Jesus. Jesus is all the mercy God wanted to show man. Merciful and gracious. You know what mercy means? I'm saying this because some people are going to start experiencing the mercy of God. You know, some people think mercy is, I've done something wrong and they are pardoning me. No, mercy is bigger than that. Mercy is God's expression of sovereignty. Mercy is the window by which God breaks protocol. When God is merciful to a man, you will notice most of the time, Israel will say, let Israel say that his mercy endure it forever. Let the children of Israel say, let his mercy endure it forever. Now, at that point in time, why are they saying his mercy endure it forever? Because it was only Israel that was chosen by God. So, what did the other nations do that God didn't choose them? God didn't give any explanation. He says, I've chosen Israel. That was mercy. Expression of sovereignty. And God says, when I ex express mercy, don't ask me any question. So, instead of you to be asking Ah, why did God choose this one? God didn't choose it. Rather be the one God has chosen. Yes. 
God will show people mercy in this place. It is the mercy of God that makes God come among 12 people and choose this man and say, you, you're going to do this for me. Then he says, merciful and gracious. I like, I like what a great man of God said. He said, mercy uh, uh, is like a, a, a referee that some people are playing and it, someone fouls a team member. Then the, message, uh, uh, the, the referee says, I didn't see it. He said, play on. I didn't see it. Oh, no. Listen, that's why I told some people sometimes. I said, always avoid a, a man God loves. Always avoid a man God loves. Because the man who do the same wrong thing another person did, God says, I didn't see. I didn't see. <laughs> Israel will mess up. God will. I declare unto you that mistake that should have taken you into the pits. God will do this. That wrong decision you took that should have taken you somewhere. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, your sins will not count again. Calvary covers it all. My sin and shame don't count anymore. All praise to the one who has ransomed my soul. Calvary covers there are certain people that God is determined to see them in heaven. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me show you. Let me tell you something. There was a woman. My mom knows the woman. The woman was born again. Anytime she gets born again, she'll backslide. So she backslid for so long, did very stupid things. A month to her death, three weeks to her death, she gave her life, she rededicated her life to Christ, started attending first-timers classes. The day she ended the classes, she died. Listen, there are some people that said God is determined to see them in heaven. We move. Oh, that, that kind of person probably has done something. No, and he goes to God. Go on, I beg. A man comes to Jesus. He said, I've killed before. I've done before. He comes. He said, I received Jesus. God says, of mercy. This is a generation of God's mercy. God's mercy. God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. 
God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. God's declaration of sovereignty. Maroma kestohas. Reko maroma sekteha. Listen, there are many nations who are praying for the move of God. But pray for the move of God that has not yet happened. But just God just landed in Ghana and He just looks around. He just looks around. He sees you, he sees me, he said. Uh, night. Listen, in pneumatical night, whatever we say becomes our experience. Because the wind of the spirit. After pneumatical night. Makobaranesa. Captain of Israel's hosting guy. on it so that when people look at it they say this is God that's grace Bible talks about grace as an ornament it's like dressing and when you don't add a chain it's like something is missing when you add the chain all of a sudden you begin to glow differently are you listening grace is like that ornament that ornament that God puts over you 
a royal ornament that God puts on. He said, grace is God's beauty. When people say grace, say unmerited favor. Unmerited favor is the small, is the least thing in grace. Grace is the beauty of God. When God puts his grace on something, you can only see it and admire it. You cannot hate on it successfully. Oh, I have met certain men of God that you can just look at them like, Some of them just smile. I remember the first time I met my man of God, Pastor Chris. Ha! I walked to him and he said, You're looking wonderful. I'm like, ha. So much grace. So much grace. Jesus is the grace of God in the human body. talked about his beginning, his manifestation, his passion. Then we come to his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell. That means he also has a church. Why did he say my church? Because the Israelites were called the church in the wilderness. So they were also a church. But God, through Jesus, was starting a new set of people called the church. Ladies and gentlemen, his church is an invisible force. Let me tell you, so many times, so many people have tried to discredit the church. They've tried to discredit us. Even today, you will see people coming out, saying all sorts of things. Look at through, throughout the whole coronavirus, the pandemic, whatever, pandemic or scandemic, whatever it is. Throughout the whole thing, see the attack on pastors. You go on social media, everybody's attacking pastors, everybody's attacking churches, and these churches are this, and everybody has an opinion about church. Attacking the church here and there, persecuting the church here and there. Everything was open except church. Market was open. Everything was open except church. And I told people, I said, you know, Jesus Christ told Peter, he said, that suffers not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. When you're not a spiritual man, you think, oh, the church is in our hearts. You are a liar. You are a liar. You are, it's not anything in your heart. Let me tell you something. There's no true child of God who does not want to be among other children of God. There's none. There is no true child of God. The, the congregation of the saints is a beautiful, you see, it's in our spirit. It's like when we meet one another, Bible says that, you know, we should not um, avoid the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of, matter of something. He said, even as you see the day approaching, then when Jesus is coming, one of the signs will be that we would love to be together. If you're a child of God, you will love to go to the house of God. So I say, oh, the church is in our hearts. It's, it's not a full truth. It's a half truth. It's a half truth. There are people who told us that the church is in our hearts. Jesus Christ said 
that yes, he's in our hearts. But he also said, he said, where two or three are gathered. That means there is a certain expression of Jesus that can never show up until there's a gathering. Tomorrow, you will see it. Different people attacking pastors. And this pastor has bought a private jet. Why do poor people think they have a right to tell rich people what to do with their money? Wait, I'm, go I'm going to say something now. If you don't agree with me, it's your business. Listen, I'm going to say something now. If you don't agree with me, it's your business. Listen. Someone said that uh, pastors are collecting the money of poor people. First of all, I don't know which church you go to because I don't see a lot of poor people in my church. <laughs> Secondly, when the woman, the widow with two mites, brought their two mites, did Jesus give her money back? Listen, 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 listen. Jesus did not return her money. He said, oh, this one has done a very good one, but still put it inside and go back. Because you see, you can never permanently help a poor person by giving him money. Nobody who has hardly earned wealth will share it like that. Rather, you will bring a business proposal, show me what you can do, I will give you money, go and do something and bring it. You know sometimes when people are hungry, they can't think well. So yes, what will give them to eat, they will give them. Do you understand? Do you understand? Not to say, no, when I say things like this, some people think, I help the, I help the poor, I pay boost fees. I help the, I help, you, 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 you are a witness. I help people, so it's not, you, I, I can meet a random person on, I, I, where's Bernard? I met a random person on Twitter who needed school fees. I paid it. Random. I don't know him from anywhere. So it's not like we don't help people. When we are talking like this, we are showing you Jesus Christ who, who is leading us, a widow, brought two mites. And he says, Jesus Christ said, it's even her all. Oh. And Jesus Christ didn't say that, woman, for what you have done, take your money and go back. You need it. Jesus Christ said, this woman has given the best, but I'll still collect it. <laughs> but let me tell you something. You know, Jesus Christ said to Paul, he said, he said Paul, Paul was actually uh, explaining, and he said, how that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Listen, I have watched people who came to church in penury and through giving became something. Yes, through giving. Because I know that if I keep giving them, Jesus Christ has already declared that the blessing is in the giving, not in the receiving. Some people are professional receivers. Some people are professional receivers. It's grace, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace. They're not connect. It's grace, it's grace. It's grace. Is grace. Receiving is the mentality of poor people. Listen, listen. 
the day you start being a giver, listen now, the day you start being a giver, let me tell you what you have done. You have now activated your God nature because God is the one always giving. God has given you a. He will give you this. He will give, every day we ask him, Father, give us this. And he's always giving. He was always giving. So the day you start giving, you know, it's not always about I'm giving to God to give me this. No. The day you start giving, you have come into your place of the God life. Then you start giving. You now become, the way we call God a father, you also become a father of people. Bible says, he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Now, I remember one time I was telling you, I said, why are you thinking that you are the poor that we should be giving to? Why are you thinking that? Now, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm helping you. Why are you thinking that you are the poor? I told you, I said one time, I made a statement, and immediately I corrected myself. When Osei Kwame's son, Despite's son, married the woman, uh, the, I, know, I realized that the woman too has a house in Trasaco. So I, I actually said among some friends that, you know, rich people, they mind themselves. So. And later I said, no, rich people, we marry ourselves. Yeah. Hey! Why am I thinking that? His church, his church, his church, an invincible force. I tell you, I tell you, they cannot push us down. No, 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 they cannot push us down. Remo Kabora Sektekes. I remember, I remember after one Sunday service, I think when we opened church, the next day people were, were on us on Twitter. In, in all sorts of insults on me. Now, the, the way they did it on, on social media, you would think that next Sunday nobody would come to church. When they did it, that night I went to pray. When I kneeled down, God said, they are toothless bulldogs. You know what? The next Sunday we were more in church than the previous Sunday. And the next Sunday we were more in church than the previous Sunday. Confound the people who speak against you. When they gather to speak against you, may God speak for you. Something is going on in my spirit. I see the grace of God like a thick cloud in this place. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God. Eternity. Blessed are you.
Lord of hosts is your name. Oh, ever-living God, rule over us now and forever the same. Baraku Ah, lights, I see lights, 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 lights. of mercy. God is putting his hand on some people. God is making choices. Oh, oh, oh. 